Hello, hello, MCU cast friends. You'll hear it when we get started, but this episode was recorded on Monday while we were waiting for the Spider-Man trailer to drop. And it does drop. <laughs> we get excited about it and we go to record our Spider-Man trailer reaction. But, uh, so this is a news, news episode that was supposed to drop on Monday, but because of the Spider-Man trailer, we had to suit that kind of superseded this. But we'd already recorded it, so this is a news and feedback episode for you guys a little later in the week than originally planned, but we hope you enjoy it. Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, that trailer for No Way Home has uh, not dropped. It's not. It's not. It's fake. It's garbage. It's trash. And don't you let anybody tell you otherwise. All that and more of this, we have no control over. (laughs) I think he means the leak, not the actual trailer, just in case this comes out after the trailer. That's what Jeff means. Yep. (laughs) All that right at this ad. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I am terrible at English. And in our producer chair today, uh, that was Jeff Randall. Uh, in our producer chair today, we have <laughs> Haley Hobbs. How you doing, Haley? I'm great. How are you guys doing? So good. Uh, so good. Awful is how I'm doing, apparently. So good, so good, so good. Uh, uh, we're, we're in different places, apparently. Well, we're going to dive right in, because we have lots of news to hit. And the, uh, I think the uh, Yeah, we have things to talk okay. about. Uh, first thing uh, is, uh, it, it's all No Way Home trailer related. The, the biggest news is the trailer has leaked online, but please don't seek it out. It's trash. It's really, really poor quality. It's recorded from a phone. There's like a watermark of someone's name on the screen. Like it's, it's not it's just really a bad. phone, though. Like, it's a phone recording a phone. Yeah. And it's <laughs> awful. It's really bad. So don't seek that out. But here's the news that we had this week about the No Way Home trailer. Kevin Feige guarantees there will be a No Way Home trailer, which we know that now. But that was the thing at the beginning of the week. Um, and much speculation had that it was supposed to drop today because their CinemaCon was today. And apparently that's a Sony Something thing like that. Uh, so that it was supposed to drop. A lot of people thought it was going to drop today and it leaked today instead. 32 minutes from now, I think is what the like official or not official, but what the rumor <laughs> of the official drop time is. Yeah. The official rumor is yeah, the that official as rumor of the official drop time. <laughs> So we have 31 minutes to finish this episode of the MCU cast to see if we can get to that trailer if it drops. No, no, we gotta, we gotta draw it out so oh, that okay. it, it happens right in the middle of this so that we can be like, ah, breaking news! Panic, ah! panic, panic. So yeah. speak very slowly, very yeah. intentionally. You know how good I am at speaking slowly. <laughs> I don't think we're gonna have a problem filling 31 minutes, you guys. I think you underestimate our abilities um, <laughs> at just wasting time with our words. Uh, I'm good at wasting time with words. Go. <laughs> so the, the, that all to say, we are waiting to see if this trailer drops. And if it drops, we will immediately abandon this regular uh, scheduled news episode. And we will go to a uh, straight up just trailer breakdown because we're going to be super excited. We're going to do that. So uh, we're, we're kind of hopeful that will happen, but also... Uh, we, we, sorry if we abandon this episode. Uh, that's why you should be watching on Twitch. You know, you'll get both of those things. Yeah. 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 You'll Uh, get the emergency drop. (laughs) So we need to talk about real news though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, that's a, that's big news. 
Uh, but let's that's get not it. real news. That's, that's fake news. It's not. The, the trailer it's has news leaked. Of fake news. We know a lot of things. Uh, there have been spoilers <laughs> kicking around about the trailer. Um, but we're trying to avoid them. So we're not, we don't really know anything. <laughs> well, I do. I saw it because I have no willpower. Because <laughs> impulse control. Impulse control is, a, is problem. a problem for us ADHD folks. And can confirm. I embody that. Uh, just, I am just one big impulse problem. <laughs> okay. So in other news, until, until that trailer drops for real. Kevin Feige confirms that Riri Williams, played by Dominique Thorne, will first appear in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. He says, uh, yeah, it's really exciting. He says, we're shooting, uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever right now, and the character of Riri Williams, you will meet in Black Panther 2 first, which is huge for a number of reasons. One of them just being the fact that it's more interconnectivity for the universe, Mm -hmm. like introducing Ironheart and then immediately putting Ironheart in the other, uh, in the, into the movies is such a cool thing. I'm super pumped about it. I feel like Marvel has really, they've created the next formula, you know, like at, in the beginning of the, of the, the Marvel cinematic universe, they created the superhero formula of the origin story, you know, where like get the quippy character, uh, has the bad thing happen to them. Somehow comes out on top, becomes hero by the end of it, embraces it. That's, you know, that's the origin story, whatever. I feel like they've really gotten the introduction to the character who has not yet had their own property down now. Like, have them show up as a brief thing or as a small thing in an established property where they don't have to... Like, they're not trying to introduce a bunch of different characters all at the same time, but maybe they're delving into one of them more than they used to. So, like, uh, with WandaVision, you know, they're digging more into Wanda. They're digging more into Vision. Right. And they're expanding on those two. But then also, they introduce Monica Rambeau, you know, more than what we saw her as, as a little kid. Yeah. But, like, they introduce her character and her getting powers. And, like... Then she gets to go off into the Marvels and she's going to be in the Miss Marvel series. Like, it's so great that they're doing it this way where they like, you know, they just give us little bits of this character and then we're like, give us more. We want more. And they're like, oh, you'll get more if you go watch this other thing. So for years and years, Marvel's been accused of having a villain problem. And I've been saying, no, they don't have a villain problem. They just choose with their first outing of a movie to focus on the hero's story. That's what they do. But once you have a hero established, you have the thing that we talked about in what if yesterday in a connected universe, you don't have to retell the origin every time because you know, the origin Um, you, you know, who Captain America is, you know, who T'Challa is, you know, who Star Lord is all people. They can just step into the story. They can be who they are and you can have a lot of assumptions about them based on other films. And that leaves room in the subsequent appearances for them to do other things like introduce better villains, which is what we're kind of got with phase two and three, but also introduce new heroes um, like you're talking about, like Riri Williams is going to be introduced and um, like Monica Rambeau was introduced. Um, all of these things are just uh, just opportunities. There's just time to do those things, you know? Yep. Yep. And like, this is, this is also how they're going to throw in, uh, America Chavez, you know, America yeah. Chavez is going to show up in Dr. Strange multiverse madness. We've seen Dr. Strange 
three, four other times at this point. Four mm-hmm. other movies. He had his own movie. He had uh, an appearance in uh, Thor Ragnarok. He had Infinity War and Endgame appearances. Like, you know, we, we're we pretty familiar with Stephen Strange at this point. Like, we're on a first-name basis mm-hmm. with Doctor Strange. <laughs> But now he's going to introduce us to America Chavez. And it's like, it's so great that he gets to be a vehicle to bring in this other character like that. And then uh, Echo is going to be there in, um, uh, in uh, words, they're hard, in Hawkeye, in the Hawkeye series. So we get that, that new character of Kate Bishop. We get the new character of Echo. And like, all of these things are, are possible because we know about these heroes already. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're now vehicles, and I love, I love it. Yeah, and, and there's there's a, there's a cynical way of looking at that. It's just like, well, now they know about this character. Now we can like use them to rope them into these other characters. But I just that's how you build a universe. That's how you get me interested in a new character. Is how do they relate to these other characters that I already love? Um, so I'm very excited. Very very excited. In other news, um, the director of Shang Chi, Daniel Cretton. Uh, says that Abomination's new look, you know, uh, we, we talked about it. We talked about different possibilities for why Abomination looks different. He has the like fish gills on his neck. We've talked yeah, about fins. Uh, yeah, he's got fins. So we've, we've talked about the possibility of like an alternate universe. Maybe he's a variant. Maybe it's a different version of Abomination, whatever. We've talked about these different, ver- different ideas of what, uh, he could be. Uh, but, uh, he confirms that Abomination's new look is an evolution of the character. He says, uh, I think Abomination got a bit of an upgrade, or uh, we might call it an evolution going through time. I do really love the design that we landed on that character. Um, hmm. So this is the same Abomination, it is the same universe, and that's the other, that's the other quote he had. He said, this is, Shang-Chi occurs in present day in the MCU timeline. Um, so those are the two big Shang-Chi kind of wait messages we got this week. Wait, present day in the MCU timeline? Like No, no, no. Present the, day as in now post endgame. Okay. Not now was, as in twenty twenty two or whatever. I was like the Present-day. now that is the MCU or now Sorry, sorry, sorry. Po- <laughs> it's it's going to be the first uh movie since Spider Man to be post endgame. And really like okay. you know, Loki happens outside of time. Um, and really starts in yep. 2012. Uh, WandaVision is current day, but most of it happens in a pocket universe she's creating. So really we have Falcon Winter Soldier that gave us a glimpse at this. It was like six months after. Yeah. Yeah. So this will be, uh, one of our only looks we've had at the world post in game. The world after. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hopefully get a clearer <sighs> look. And with, with Shang-Chi being a like smaller character or, like a lesser known person in like within the, the realm within the verse, like we get to see what, you know, what happened to the common man and what his story is. Like he's a valet in, in what we've seen in part of the journey. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Like I've been thinking about like how will his father and this, this, this organization, his father, the 10 rings and everything, how will that respond to the blip and what, what will be going on with them? I've been thinking that like this tournament might be somehow a result of the blip or something like that. In the new trailer they released today, I think. Oh, is there a new one today? He says something about 10 years. Like he's been gone from his family for 10 whole years, Mm. which is Mm. interesting. Yeah. I think that was in the trailer we covered. Well, no, we didn't cover it because we never had time. (laughs) <laughs> no, we did. I think we, I think we did. I think we did. 
Um, I'm thinking of the Eternals trailer, which we didn't get to cover last week. And if, if we're right in 21 minutes, there'll be a Spider-Man trailer and there's no way we're covering the Eternals trailer. If there's a Spider-Man trailer. Yeah. God, sorry. I just had this incredible realization that next week on Thursday, we're going to see Shang-Chi. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We have a week and a half till Shang-Chi. Oh God. Crazy. Which we need to talk about and organize because I'm going to be at Dragon Con. So like, I got to either like leave and go see it or figure that out. Yeah, you do. I know. I know. (laughs) Or I, you know, I could, I'm going to be reporting from Dragon Con all week with some new stuff. So like, uh, I, I, yeah, I, we're, we, we've been invited to Dragon Con as press, um, and the, the rest of the crew couldn't do it. So I'm going to try, I'm going to go like watch the panels and try to report back a daily MCU cast report of what's going on at Dragon Con. You're going to have Should to be, be significantly more sober than usual. What? <laughs> Only through the panels, man. Only through the panels. Yes. <laughs> and for the recording. Yeah. <laughs> 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 And if you have to do it by yourself, it might be more fun that way. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't stop me on a normal week. <laughs> Every Monday, I am, you know, three sheets. Uh, so, uh, in other Shang-Chi news, and I cannot believe this escaped my vision, because, like, I did not hear about this at all, and I don't know if you guys did, uh, but apparently Ben Kingsley appeared at the Shang-Chi red carpet premiere. I texted BBK and Jeff about that. I didn't hear about this at all. Why am I not Did on you? this text chain? Why am I not on this text chain? I Haley? think it's the spark. <laughs> it's the spark one. It's, yeah, it's the spark. Well, I texted that he was group. at the premiere. So you have something exciting. No, no, no. Yeah. His quote was, as you saw, I was talking to Kevin Feige. I guess he's on the red carpet talking to Kevin Feige. And he says, and thanks to Kevin Feige and Robert Downey Jr. and Drew Pierce and Shane Black, I am in this movie. And I'm a member of the Marvel family. Because their welcome in Iron Man 3 was an astonishing and generous, so astonishing and generous, uh, that I'm still with Marvel again and I'm delighted to be here. So like, Aww. he gave, uh, like, he says he's in this movie at the Shang-Chi premiere. Yeah. So, we're getting Trevor back? I yeah. So he's we like, have so to. I saw it, like, they took a picture of all the cast and they were, like, all spaced out, but in front of the Shang-Chi name. Mm-hmm. And he's on the freaking front row. <laughs> what in the world? Like, how has that escaped our knowledge till now? And how did, even after it came out this week, I didn't hear about it till I was, like, researching news for today and, like, trying to read all the articles I could find about what happened. And, like, Ben Kingsley is going to be in Shang-Chi. That's crazy. It can, it's not crazy. I mean, obviously it works. And it's the, the last time we heard about Trevor, he was being abducted by the real Mandarin. So, like, this is totally great. And it validates Hail to the King in a way that, like, we've never really seen in the movies them revalidate one of the one shots, you know? Um, yeah. I just think that's super exciting. Shang-Chi is a valet in our world. Maybe Trevor Slattery is his dad's ballet in his world oh that would be great <laughs> i just think that he's gonna be like in a cell you know on like in the island or whatever wherever shang chi gets taken to he sullied the name of the mandarin in the ten rings he's gonna be put in a jail cell that's a like great thought i but i'm gonna plus it they were gonna put him in a cell of course he sullied the name but trevor is like a guy who gets out you know he's like he, he's got a lot to him 
And I think when he gets there, by the time we see him, it's like 10 years later or whatever it is since Iron Man three. And he's like living in the, 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 whatever the area of the 10 rings. And he has a whole stage production and he puts on productions for them every night. And he like is backstage as Trevor Slattery, like fully oh my God. Li- like he's there. He's there like full on playhouse that they have at the thing. And he's like putting on shows for uh, the real Mandarin every night. Maybe he had oh a traveling God. company and he went to Asgard and did a production with Loki. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Matt. 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 <laughs> He's Ben Stiller's character in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> when he got captured and they were like, yeah. you're Simple Jack. And oh, that's like, right. Make him do, that's make right. Him do Simple Jack every night. <laughs> and yes. so like, Trevor Slattery is stuck just He's stuck being the like that cop that he that they saw the like, oh yeah they the they love for. that cop series or whatever yeah they love that cop series so he's like doing that every night. I like that I like that oh, that would be so silly I want him to be like supremely happy like I want him his like just sort of idiocy like they bring him to the Mandarin and, and the Mandarin's like how dare you do this to my name you know like how dare you slow my and he's like. Well, I, I didn't do it on to you. I didn't even know you existed. It wasn't me. But it, and they like just—he's like the jester. He's the court jester for yep. uh, freaking the real Mandarin. I think I want that. I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> that is agreeable. That is a, a perfect way to end Trevor Slattery's arc. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. He's still like living on the Mandarin name, but it's just, as his court jester. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this uh, now we get into the rumor and weird news. Um, so th- those are like the actual stories, but now we get into the rumor and weird news. This is this is not rumor, but apparently James Gunn has been casually kicking around the idea. He's the only director who's like crossed worlds, except for Joss Whedon, but he's not technically the director of that movie of of Justice League. Um, so he's also been canceled pretty heavily, right? But uh, James Gunn is still like working with both Marvel and DC, with Guardians and with Suicide Squad, actively making those properties for those two companies. And uh, he is apparently even casually kicking around the idea with the heads of those uh, companies about doing some type of crossover. And when approached, hmm. Kevin Feige said, "Never say never." That's so because Feige's, Kevin Feige is very smart. Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't yeah. show his hand. <laughs> Feige right. is a smart businessman. He knows that, that people would want to see, well, he knows that some people would want to see that sort of thing. And he knows that that sort of, uh, that sort of reaction, that sort of comment would get people like us, sure. us simple plebeians talking about it. So that, <laughs> you know, we can get the other plebeians talking about it. And like, that's we're just we're stirring we're cranking that engine that hype engine for something that doesn't exist and all it does is get more publicity for the mcu and that's that's exactly what he wants we're playing into his hand matt we're playing into his hand jeff that's we literally do a podcast to to the, the, that's all we do we do we, a podcast we play so into his they hands. Have ideas <laughs> <laughs> we just haven't gotten the check yet ah the check is on its way i'm sure that's what I've been told. I've been promised a check. Yeah. Where is it, Kevin? It's in an alternate timeline. Yeah. Because it never should have happened. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so rude. 
<laughs> what what do we legitimately think about this? Uh, the idea of them doing a crossover DC. I know. I feel like I know how Jeff feels. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, you can I go think- for a minute. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, see, you your, guys your, go ahead. Your I'm opinions out. are clear are clearly <laughs> delineated in past episodes. Yep. <laughs> I think if they can continue to improve. Right. Like in two decades. <laughs> sure. I mean you laugh, but think Haley. about how hard how hard it took or how long it took Marvel to get to where they are. It didn't happen overnight. They made some pretty bad films. And so uh. They could, they could do it. I, I think they it made one happen. bad film, but they're fixing it. Um, <laughs> He's going to be the court jester. I, I, no, I, I mean, no, I mean, like way back. I mean, like Ben Affleck, Daredevil, bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure, for sure, sure. Those don't like, exist. Those in the graveyard, but right. I, I think it's tough because I do think the DCEU is pretty shoddy at this point. So it, it's the same thing that we've been talking about with the X Men bringing them in. It's like. You bring them in as part of the multiverse, even as even just as part of the multiverse, they are kind of sullying the experience of the MCU that has been pretty well uh, kept up till now. So I'm, I, I, it worries me the idea, but I don't know. I, I have to, I have to believe in DC that they can get their crap together. I mean, Suicide Squad is the Suicide Squad is wonderful. So I really, I'm hopeful. Birds of Prey is wonderful. I really, I'm really hopeful that the future of the DCEU is strong and that they'll start making, but it's just hard because they did such a, in my mind, not a very good job with their, their big, their biggest characters. Um, yeah. And he, and Wonder Woman, they did a good job with, but then Wonder Woman 1984, like really crapped on what they did. They just get in their own way. Yeah, that and they jumped the gun so hard. Right. Well, that's part of why it's bad, but the movies are just bad. They're just the characters you don't care about, except for the the properties you care about with characters you don't. And that's like the worst kind of thing. (laughs) I started watching Titans, which is one of their TV shows. Yeah. And it's actually very good. And I said, this is what DC needs to do. They need to stop trying to take themselves so seriously. Yes. And just present their characters as they are because it becomes more believable that way. I always feel mm-hmm. like they're trying to make a believable universe with these very unbelievable characters and it doesn't work. Yeah. It's it's the classic problem of the gods versus the real people. Marvel's always been known as the place where like the the world right outside your door, these are real people with people problems like Peter Parker trying to make the rent kind of stuff. And then the others, the other side, DC is just gods with unlimited power and money. And like, they just don't have real people problems at all. And, and it's just, they're just harder to relate to. And then they don't make an effort to make us make them relatable in these, in the, in the most recent films. It's don't care comics. That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but birds of prey It's like, I think birds of prey and the suicide squad are amazing movies. I love them. I absolutely love them. And Wonder Woman, I would put on that list. I like Shazam too. Shazam was fun. Shazam's fun. Those, Shazam those are, was fun because the hero got to have fun. But if you're going to do a DC Marvel crossover, it's not like you really want to see Captain America face off with Harley Quinn. You know, you want to see Captain America facing off with Superman. You got to see those things happen. That's like what we all want. 
I don't want Captain America facing off with Superman. Oh, I Superman do. would destroy him. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be Captain America facing off with Batman. Sure. Where it could work, where DC is very strong, is their animation. And now yep. that Marvel is dipping into animation as well, yeah. there is yeah. there is more potential there, I think, than maybe live action. Oh, yeah. What if season two have a DC crossover? Oh, my God, Haley. You have given me this glorious gift of Kevin Conroy Batman coming yes. into the MCU. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Mark Hamill Joker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need this Marvel cut the check. Haley gift, needs the money. My gift to you, Jeff. <laughs> this is the one I will take. This is the DC I will take. Yeah. We, that, I, I totally, I'm totally with you. That is my favorite DC universe. And I would love it if season one of what if is showing us these different worlds. Then we have Spy- spider verse movie, uh, no way home. And then we have Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. That's more about traveling through the multiverse, right? So then when what if season two comes around, we have the idea of all these crossover universes happening. Then you really could get what if season two is has like a DC crossover episode. America Chavez punches a hole in reality and is like, oops, wrong universe. <laughs> punches a different hole. Yeah. She's just like sees Flash run past and she's like, oh, that's wrong. Oh, no. Something got in. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> What is this dark timeline? <laughs> yep. You know, it's funny in that uh, in the JLA Avengers crossover that happened, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, whenever it happened, um, there was a uh, point of contention between the two universes where, like, the heroes from the DC verse saw what was happening in the world in the Marvel universe and how everybody was so scared of mutants and didn't trust them and, like, heroes weren't revered as gods. And the people in the Marvel verse saw what was happening in the DC universe where like, you know, they, they all had like monuments and stuff. And, Mm -hmm. um, there was that, that point of contention there in that the Marvel guys thought the DC heroes like were forcing subjugation and forcing them to worship them or like forcing the people to worship them and vice versa where like the, the DC heroes were like, what did you do? to make your people hate you so much? Like, what did you, what have you done so wrong as heroes? You're clearly the villains in this universe. Yeah. Clearly you're the bad guys in this verse. Yeah. And like, I feel kind of like those roles would be reversed in the live action stuff. Like the MCU versus the DCEU, Hmm. like DCEU has such darkness and, you know, Superman's a bully and like, you know, all that bad shit's happening. And then like over in Avengers territory, Everybody loves the Avengers and they've got action figures and kids are like running around with, with the um, trash can lids and shields and little hammers and things like everybody loves the Avengers. Most people love the Avengers. So like, it's kind of a, a, the inverse of that. And it would be really funny to see that happen. Maybe yeah, the inversion. I like it. There's a crossover thought in the chat. Yeah. yeah go Matt, on. you will like. Vermillion One says, I want a Q episode in Picard to show the Marvel verse with Stuart as as Xavier. Please. They already (laughs) did it in the comics Marvel crossovers. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm down. I'm down. I like it. Uh, Yes. Please bring Star Trek into my MCU. That'd be wonderful. 
<laughs> we, we, it's it, you know, it doesn't even have to be uh, alternate universe. It's just the future. <laughs> it's a possible future, right? Yep. Um, yep. Okay. Last little rumor in the rumor mill section of the news is um, there's just a few articles. It's actually a lot of articles kicking around that Elizabeth Henstridge is rumored to be in secret invasion. Uh, Simmons rumor agreed. And then I'll lay out the reasons people are, uh, people are excited and they're pretty thin. Elizabeth Henstridge just bought a house in Atlanta, uh, showing that she might be taking up residence there. There's other productions in Atlanta that are not, um, that one, but, uh, a lot of the things in Atlanta that are happening are Marvel. Um, she also immediately, immediately after buying the house there went to England which is where she's from, so it could be nothing, but it's also the, where they're shooting Secret Invasion. She went to England to get married. Yep. Oh, yeah. Sorry to shoot a hole in that one. <laughs> yeah, okay. they just got married. Oh, yep. well, maybe not at all. Maybe it's absolutely not possible. But regardless, it's rumor kicking around, and she has nothing on her IMDb currently for the future. So... It's possible there's a secret project in the works that she's not announced yet, which would be a very Marvel thing to do. So those are the, the yeah. three sort of like possible reasons why people are thinking that. I would yeah. love it, but it's it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, it's it's very unlikely, despite how much I love it. Yeah, her wedding photos are gorgeous, though. Yeah, like, I wish yeah. I'd been invited. Rude. rude. Doesn't she know I listen so to her podcast? Rude. So rude. <laughs> she did take a break from her rewatch podcast of Agents of Shield too, but that was probably to go get married. <laughs> she's yeah. so smart, like getting her especially she just did her first directing job or whatever with uh that episode of Shield uh that was so good. And it, mm-hmm. she's so smart with the way she's dealing with social media right now. She's really sort of attacked it with like her TikToks are really good. She's really like embracing the Yes, I'm the girl from Shield, but also just follow me because I do cool things, you know. Um, yep. I, I would love it though. I think her being in Secret Invasion it fits with how the series ended uh, of Shield. It fits with uh, you know what's going on in the verse right now. It and fits with all the Nick Fury of it all. Like I, I know it's uh, unlikely, but Simmons is the kind of character you don't need a ton of background on. She could just be a scientist that works in the lab, and we all know she went through all this stuff in S.H.I.E.L.D., but nobody has to even bring that up, you know? Yeah. So, that is the, uh, that is all the news. I, I did, yeah, I realize that's a far-fetched one, which is why it's in the rumor section, but I thought we can't, we have to talk about it, right? Yeah, I mean, we do kind of have to talk about it. It's far-fetched, and she went to get married, and was so pretty, and then uh, all I saw was the photo with her and Jeff Ward and Clark Gregg and Ian Ian DeCastiker. Mm-hmm. It was That's the guy. Oh, it was so great, like all of them together, and her in her wedding dress, so beautiful, so beautiful. Um, but certainly not. Um, wait, no. They get married. She and Fitz get married in Secret Invasion. That's what's happening. It's a, yeah, that's a, that's it. It's a fake wedding. She put on a fake wedding <laughs> yep. for Elizabeth Henstridge so that yep. their actual wedding, <laughs> yep, uh, is, so is being set 
They they like they had to. That's get why it. there were so many cameras there. Well, that's why, and that's why there's a uh, the, the entire cast of Shield is there too. It's like yep. like clearly they're shooting not because they're friends, no, they're, but because they're, they're shooting the next thing invasion. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's do a couple of feedbacks and and see if this trailer drops. It's time, so I'm, I keep I refresh. I'm refreshing I'm too. It. But you want to read uh, read us that first feedback. Annie Harlow Cerner, one of our patrons, says, Hi guys, I work in finance in the UK entertainment industry, and I think I can give you some insight into your discussion on comic book writers and their payment for the use of their ideas in the MCU. While I don't work for Marvel, nor in the US, and know nothing of the agreements in question, I can say fairly confidently that these writers are going to be working under contractual agreements that specify the terms of the future uses of their work. If they are permanent employees, I believe U.S. law is similar to the U.K. and Australia, where anything an employee creates, artistic or otherwise, during their employment belongs solely to their employer. Meaning that any idea or content created by these comic book writers and artists while employed by Marvel belongs to Marvel, and the employee has no ownership at all over it. Uh, Marvel would not have to pay for the reuse of this content unless specifically stipulated in the employment agreement. For freelancers, it's slightly different in that commission content is owned by the commissioning publisher slash studio, e.g. Marvel, and the freelance contract would have to stipulate the terms. At the point of negotiating the contract, the unknown or up-and-coming writer slash artist will probably have less negotiating power due to less industry clout, fame, success, whatever, and will probably accept the publisher's terms. Marvel here has plenty of clout, and the writer slash artist might feel that working for this company might help their career. And so accept the terms. A writer slash artist with more clout, established, big name, popular following, will bring audiences with them, could probably negotiate for more from their publisher. They might even be able to negotiate for a percentage of sales. But my expectation is that this is probably rare in comics. It's common in music and film for featured musicians, actors, producers, directors, and other key players. All things considered, my guess is that the $5,000 is actually a bonus that is paid as an incentive and is not a legal requirement for the use of Marvel comic material in the MCU. One final point, as you said, it's hard to estimate the future value of content at the point of creation, and this is the big gamble in the world of royalties. Some content keeps paying off for decades while other stuff vanishes quickly into obscurity. I guess this is where a writer really wants to get a reputation for coming up with the good stuff, and then hopefully next time they negotiate a contract they can ask for more, and writers deserve it. Anything more you want to know about rights and copyright if you're not bored by now, hit me up. Cheers, guys. Annie. Thanks, Annie. Thank you so much. Yeah, Annie, that is incredibly insightful. Like, thank you. And and yeah, I think she's dead on with the idea that these creators sort of like trade in, like, they're willing to take less money for the exposure which is like the art thing and it's just it's a bummer because we, we that's what all mu- all musicians and artists do is we like take deals for exposure but then the the next thing still wants you to do it for more exposure <laughs> like it's always yeah yeah you just like i've been exposed yeah. bro <laughs> and and this thing is like writing for marvel i'm sure is a wonderful opportunity for these people but also it's like a chance for them to you know you think about the greatest work people ever do, like their greatest artistic work. And like, there's not always a ton of it. You know what I mean? Like 
a lot of times people have one great novel in them, you know, that's like going to get yeah. somewhere. And so it's just a bummer that you have to write a great thing for a company. So you get the name out there so you can write your next great thing. And it's like, it's hard. What if, what if said next great thing never happens? Exactly. I don't know though. They're like the names of like Ed Brubaker and um, right. Jason Aaron, like they've written several really good comic lines. For sure. So, you know they've got they've got some clout behind them. They've got some some good stuff. Um, you know they've got some some. Oh, what's the term? Not longevity. Um, but yeah, they've got multiple good properties behind them as far as uh, pedigree. That's the word. They've got a good pedigree. So, you know. I only named two names, but like there's still other artists yeah. and oh. and other writers that have that kind of clout. Well, that's the thing is the consistency that an artist can work at that level with is, is what really matters. And like in getting your name out there as an artist who can be trusted to make that kind of content. So, yeah. 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 <clears throat> Let's see. Next up, Daniel Hathaway says great. I also wanted to send this in concerning the Scarger lawsuit. Just man, we got like legal, and now we got lost. Lots of legal feedback <laughs> tonight. Serious, yeah. The legal <laughs> team has been churning up some stuff. Still waiting on that. Uh, <laughs> still waiting on that uh, legal divorce proceedings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to figure or that. Out. You got to prenups, figure that out. prenups proceedings to <laughs> come back. Uh, <laughs> stupid. Johansson writes in her complaint that her team reached out to the studio in 2019 when they learned it was considering a dual release model. In an email included in court filings, Marvel Chief Counsel Dave Galuzzi, Galuzzi uh, told Johansson's team Disney would release the film in traditional theatrical model, and if plans should change, we would need to discuss this with you and come to an understanding as the deal is based on a series of very large box office bonuses. Johansson claims her team did indeed seek to renegotiate her contract after they learned the studio planned a dual release for Black Widow and that Disney didn't respond. And he says, Daniel says, I'm sending this in because on the latest podcast, you all seemed like you didn't know if Scarlett Johansson had tried to renegotiate her contract. She did. Thanks and keep up the great work. Uh, Regards. D half. And they just didn't respond. That's pretty awful. That's, that's crazy. That's real shitty Disney. And I'm glad that Feige's upset about it too. Like he's up in arms about it. Wants to give, you know, the proper theatrical release. Wants to pay that paper. Because he knows she's been around for a minute. She deserves it. Yeah. Damn it. She does indeed. <sighs> okay. Sorry. Got very animated there for a second. Not like what if animated, but like. Oh, yeah. I, I think we all understand. <laughs> Matthew Nace sent us an email. Said, hey, Ashley and her lovable misfits. What? <laughs> what a great way to phrase that. Ashley. I love yeah. it. I love it. Matthew. I like it. Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> That's fun. Matthew says, I wanted to write in uh, on some concerns about the upcoming MCU and how I think COVID might be leading us all down a road of disappointment. Hmm. If I'm not mistaken, Loki was originally supposed to come out after Black Widow, Eternals, fight was Wanda, Shang-Chi, and then Mom and before No Way Home. So why is this an issue? So now we have Loki dropping earlier than it should have, and we're all eagerly awaiting to see the multiverse and everything. But if we imagine that Loki would have come out after Mom and the others, 
it wouldn't make sense that those other films would have been knee-deep in the multiverse. There might have been some strange things, no pun intended, that... <laughs> That popped up, but there couldn't have been a deep dive by any of them without utter confusion beyond good storytelling. Instead, it would make more sense to realize that the MCU was scheduled to introduce these new heroes and characters to us without an understanding of the full implications of the multiverse growing, just like WandaVision did. If Loki the series was released where it should have been, we probably would have been more focused on what Val was up to and a potential for Thunderbolts and Young Avengers building up to a sudden multiverse creation. So I don't think we should have expectations that Shang-Chi or Eternals will have much more than a credit scene addressing something multiversal or Kang-related, and I even think that Mom might not get into the madness until later in the film. While some rewrites could have been made over COVID to fit things together better, it just seems like it would have been a complete rework of scripts. Also, if the multiverse was really at play in the next few properties, much of Loki would have been boring and pointless. There would have been no surprise or build-up to a Kang variant behind it all, no need for Miss Minutes explanations of things, and just no surprise at all for a detective-slash-mystery show. Even the Far From Home placement in the timeline in relation to what we it, have it, already it, seen... It happened. It happened. It happened. I can't even read the full freaking thing! Sorry, did you not want to know? <laughs> I do want to know. We definitely want to know, but go ahead and finish this this feedback, then we'll jump to the next episode. Okay, 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 okay. Oh God, where was I? <laughs> <laughs> even the even the far from home placement in the timeline in relation to what we've already seen since Wandavision wouldn't make sense. I guess this is just my way of saying, don't be disappointed if the multiverse is dormant for a few more properties. I would think that the reckoning of the multiverse wouldn't be displayed on screen until the tail end of Mom, when Spidey comes in to help, but then gets cut off from Strange and or America Chavez and is left far from home. Pun intended this time. <laughs> Love the podcast, Matt. Hey, thank you, Matthew uh, and Matt, uh, uh, both of you. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's very, that point is very well taken. I don't remember, did it, I didn't remember that Loki was that far into the future of the content, though. I may be wrong. I don't remember the original air dates. I thought it was supposed to come out first this calendar year. I twenty twenty one. Thought that was right. I, <clears throat> no, it was originally no. Fatwas. I remember Fatwas was supposed to be first. Yeah, but Fatwas was that Fatwas was supposed to be late twenty twenty, if memory serves. Right. And then it was supposed to be Wandavision at the turn of the year. I think. Right. But also, all these movies also got pushed back. So, like, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. I, but if if this is true, then that's very interesting. But I, I can't imagine multiverse of madness is not going to be dripping in the multiverse. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. Uh, it, I don't. I can't imagine Loki was supposed to happen after multiverse of madness. But yeah. maybe, maybe. Okay, maybe. I would love to say more about this, but we have just been alerted by our producer that uh, the <laughs> Spider-Man trailer <laughs> has just <laughs> dropped. So we are going to cut out early on this episode, follow Haley Hobbs uh, source pages. She was also on animation deliberation this week and we're all everywhere. Stranded Peace. Until next time, true believers get out of here. Love you 300. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.